Take the usual podcast hosting companies and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the podcast of Matrix Hosting and you'll experience a completely different world of whole podcast library hosting. Choose wisely at podcastermatrix.com. That's podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. The time has come to move on. Ryan Dalian is out playing in a playground somewhere after our last episode. But we, the people, are left to be witness to the search for, the finding of, and salvaging of cursed antiques. Cursed by the devil! Unfortunately, nothing inside this episode has anything to do with that. This time, it's time to join a group of demon hunters who are eager to smite those who follow the Dark Lord, our newly minted trio in close tow. And so it's time for another episode of the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, this series, this time season three, episode three. Demon Hunter. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. For those of you that missed out on our John DeLamay interview, be sure to go check that out inside of our episode archives. It was a grand time, and man, that guy's got stories that I can't wait to still unearth inside of future interviews with him. Oh, yes. Hopefully, we haven't scared him off. <laughs> Go check him out. The stories he tells are epic. And again, you won't find it anywhere else but the Curious Kids podcast. Nick, it's time to get to the retail for this episode. Season 3, Episode 3. Demon Hunter. As we start the episode, a team is in a truck. A computerized truck that's trying to read something. The readings are hot. Keep heading west. They're tracking something. A man in an abandoned field that's incredibly well lit is scanning something. The beeps are coming more regular, faster. Now there are two men searching, closing in on a signal, bearing two, niner, two. Did you just say niner? A girl chimes in. Her name is Bonnie. She's the girl in the chair inside the truck and has it on screen. Now it's only 50 meters ahead. The target is closing. The scanner is going crazy. Man number one, his name is Travis, and Bonnie's brother, is confronted by something devilish, something demonic. Only glimpses of evil eyes, elongated limbs, 
and gnarled teeth envelop him. None of those things end up killing him. Eventually, he falls prey to a precariously placed wooden spike on a trailer. Of course he did! Whatever! His team, his family, find him impaled, gone, and yet another victim of the foe that awaits inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Well, that'll grab you by the throat and drag you along. Jack and Mickey pour another drink. They also pour over the power going in and out. It's strange, very strange, but consistent with this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Both are lamenting that Ryan is gone, but that's not important right now. A new package has come. It's from the curator of some other museum, someplace, whatever. You see, their clarion call has gone out. It's the search for ties linking to the cursed items all over the world. Searching for items linked to Louis Vonderdee. They have found this. An Enochian dagger. An instrument of pain and suffering used by someone that worships demons. Back at the bloodied but still well-lit farm field, they're cleaning up Travis's corpse and preparing to continue their hunt for the demon that has taken so much from this family. <gasps> Something stronger is showing on the scanner. It's some sort of structure. They can't tell what's inside, but that's likely where the thing is going. Back at the Curious Good Shop, while Jack finishes out his storytelling of the demon worshiper, they decide to put the dagger inside the Oh, damn! I guess the dagger slipped out of Jack's hands something, and now Jack's blood is pouring from his hand, soaking into the concrete? Huh? Back on the hunt for the demon, Father is having a flashback about storming the Devil's House of Worship, where he finds his daughter, Bonnie! She's one of the devil worshippers! The family has come to save her and leave their mark in revenge! The father and brothers gun down all of the devil worshippers as Bonnie Lass watches. Meanwhile, over at Johnny's new apartment, you know, the one he was looking for inside the previous episode, he's manufacturing a model ship. Okay, good well, to be single. Uh, well, you know, Everybody has their hobby. Maybe Johnny Ventura enjoys building model ships. The phone rings, and it's Mickey. But she's trying to explain what's going on with the power. The power goes out, and the phone goes dead. Back on the hunt for the demon, the father and now soul son team are continuing their reconnoiter. They found the structure that likely contains the demon. They don't see anything, but it's time to go in. In yet another flashback, Bonnie tells her father about about a demon walking up from hell to eat the heart of those who were sacrificed. Daddy, please stop him, Daddy. The devil's alive, Daddy. Back in the now, their hunt continues. The demon chooses to go on the move. That's a good choice on the demon's part. Johnny, after taking a break from fashioning ship-based greatness, arrives at the Curious Good Shop. He finds Mickey and Jack resourcing their experience in one of Jack's many leather-bound unnatural books. Also known as the Grimoire. Johnny checks out the floor where the blood was spilled. Jack details the power outage and the spectral forces that are at work inside the Curious Good Shop. 
specifically near the vault. Johnny gets an assortment of tools for Jack to kill time, as well as his responsibilities inside this new role of Friday the 13th, the series. Back on the demon hunt, the brother and father team are getting closer. Cut back over to Jack, who uses a pry bar to open the vault's floor. A noxious smell emanates from below. It's a secret passage to a subterranean level. Below, they found a church of necromancy. Spooky as shit and incredibly dramatic. It's the subterranean sanctum! Father and son demon hunting team are clearing the areas inside the dingy barn, farmhouse, thing, whatever. Still nothing tangible, except of course, for blood marks. Back at the Curious Goods shop, inside the subterranean sanctum, Mickey and Jack find a pit. Johnny finds more tunnels, and Jack plans for there to be a wall party in the morning to seal off this dark house of nothing good. He finds a document, a contract, sealed and signed in blood. It seems that the vault was actually built as a prison that would prevent the demon's escape. Johnny provides more details that don't fit the bill, but what's this? Mickey finds fresh blood? The Dandy Daddy Sun Reconnoiter team are still on the hunt, now in the upper level of the barn slash farmhouse, and find a ladder to a third level. Back inside the bowels of the vault slash subterranean sanctum, Johnny is snooping and dips his hand into the bloody ooze and will stay below to keep an eye out for something important that's not really important, but whatever, okay. Jack and Mickey will go upstairs. As father and son reconnoitering team ascend to the top level of the barn, they find their scanners are beeping crazily. They find the demon who grabs the remaining son's leg from underneath them. You see, the demon was actually on level two. Whoops. The beast and son thrash about, and the son does his damage by stabbing the demon in the shoulder. Youch! That's going to leave a mark, but is not going to kill the demon. He pays dearly for his act, however, as he's thrown through the barn wall, killed by blunt force trauma and rotten script writing. Bonnie and Papa Demon Hunter are heading back to town to continue the hunt. Bonnie's strangely ready to let go of all of it. Papa Hunter, however, is ready to continue the hunt, time to avenge the death of his sons. Jack and Mickey continue their contract review and note that there is a full moon. That's why the energy is gathering. What can be done here before midnight? First, we need to identify this signature. Good thing Jack finds a matching signature in another of his many handwritten books. Aha! A clue! Down below, Johnny is sniffing around in his Chuck Taylors and hears a moaning. Moon. And now, the aforementioned pit is a pit of blood. With a mysterious head floating around inside the blood. The souls are gathering. The room is filling with the spirits of those that have been killed. It's horrifying and appropriate for this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. It probably has something to do with the symbols on the contract. This mark here is the mark of the demon. But this over here is the mark of the one who called him. If we find who has this mark on their body, we know who is controlling 
the demon. Suddenly, a gun clicks behind them. It's Papa Demon Hunter and Bonnie! At the same time, outside the Curious Goods shop, the demon arriveth. There's only one way to stop the creature. Everything is explained here. We either keep the demon from killing its target before midnight, or we stop the person who called the demon. Bonnie grabs the book, and as Mickey tries to explain, the demon continues to close the distance. Surprisingly, Papa Hunter has placed enough TNT inside the tunnels to blow this place and the demon back to hell. Papa Hunter and Bonnie seal our daring trio inside the subterranean sanctum. Behind them, the souls continue to swirl. Bonnie is making her final sweep. Papa is ringing the curious good shop to blow, and then the demon arrives for Bonnie? What will happen next? Will the creature dispatch her the same as it did her brothers? Johnny's finally had enough of waiting. He and Jack strain to move the plate and finally gain access to the vault. The demon creature approaches Bonnie, who, surprisingly, doesn't shriek in fear. She smiles and shows the demon a scarred firebrand on her chest. It's the mark of the beast! She's in league with the demon and is the caller! Papa Hunter is ready to go downstairs and turns on the tracker. Unfortunately, he discovers that something is amiss. Something is wrong. Something is about to kill Papa Hunter. The tracker leads him to the demon. Papa Hunter unloads his weapon into the demon, who falls out the back of the Curious Good Shop. That's going to have all kinds of negative impact on the Curious Good Shop property value. But it's still alive. Johnny finds Bonnie, who has a handgun. Jack overpowers her, and the demon continues to seek Papa Hunter. The demon has collected its second wind and is now trying to get to the subterranean sanctum. To help solidify that she's on the same side as Papa Hunter, Mickey gives the handgun over to Papa Hunter. As she does so, Bonnie continues to play with Papa Hunter's mind. You see, she was never kidnapped. She's always been a devil demon worshiper. She let the demon out and has always wanted to turn it loose on you. I gave you your biggest crusade. Tonight, I'll bring back the ones you killed. The way is clear. Suddenly a grenade explodes and now the path to hell is truly open. The demon arrives inside the subterranean sanctum and Johnny fends it off with a red hot poker. That, unfortunately, is taken away from Johnny. Johnny then grabs a torch from the wall, but that too is also taken away from Johnny. He is eventually then overpowered by the demon. Papa Hunter and Daughter now struggle to get control of the Enochium Dagger. And Metal finds Flesh. The father kills his daughter, thereby rendering the demon neutralized, saving Johnny's life and the day. The demon falls back into hell, providing Johnny with a newfound dose of his new reality. The father finds only guilt and accidental absolution as he realizes he's murdered his own daughter. The next day, a new plate is being put into place on the floor of the subterranean sanctum. 
A newfound addition to the Curious Goods property values to be sure, and this concrete will hold back the demon hordes from now on. In closing, Jack Marshak says there's an old saying. If of the many truths you select one and follow it blindly, it will become a falsehood and you a fanatic. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series, has goods and bads. It's time to take a deep look at the goods. Mostly seamless transition to Johnny. So here we are. Season 3, Episode 3, now Ryanless. Mm -hmm. And the transition is done with a line and a connotation. And the fact that we don't see Ryan inside this episode, obviously. But... Well done and the period on the end of the sentence, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, very similar to how the prophecies wrapped up by actually giving a character a way out and ending to their character arc. Yeah. Uh, We could have just started this episode with, all right, we're never going to talk about Ryan ever again. And we get 30 seconds, 45 seconds of a conversation of Mickey having Jack sign the new contract for the Curious Good Shop, so mm-hmm. that they are now partners. So Jack has essentially taken Ryan's place as co-owner of the shop, just in case something happens to Mickey, the shop is in good hands. So it's 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 a nice send-off to Ryan. It's like, yes, we remember Ryan. He's always going to be a part of our lives, but he's not here anymore. And he gets none of the money. Have a nice day. True. Well, I mean, I'd like to believe that maybe they send... A little bit to Ryan's mama, seeing as how... College fund, whatever. Yeah. Again, don't really want to wrap my brain around that whole thing anymore. So let's let's wrap our brains around this particular episode. Ryan's mom's job outlook probably not so awesome after being gone for 20 plus years. (laughs) We don't know her life. The Subterranean Sanctum. What a grand addition here. I thought that this was not only a master move for the series, though who knows if they're going to be down there again or not. When in doubt, make new space. Mm-hmm. And they did it. They did. They absolutely did it. And uh, I love the way it looks. I love all of the uh, the alluding to things that have gone on inside of it. Uh, and then at the end, the sealing off of it to showcase something anew. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was great. Yeah, well, I mean, this also goes into the fact, because remember with our, our conversation with John, he said that, you know, they all signed seven-year contracts. Mm-hmm. So to them, they were all there, okay, so we're going to be here for a while. Let's let's add something new. Let's get another set piece for these characters to interact in. And that's it's a perfect way because it's still part of the building. It's yeah. still part of HQ. It's just now another level we haven't explored. Yeah. And we get the possibility of so much. I mean, storage, sure. But what else could they do down there? Mm -hmm. Keep riding the devil train. Toot, toot. Yeah. Sign me up. We're aboard. We we have two tickets to paradise. Yeah. Four episodes in a row, we have been either dealing with the devil himself or those who worship the devil and want to do his bidding whether it be a dark coven or a hell demon, Mm -hmm. you know? And I like that the stakes have been so high recently. I'm I'm looking forward to something a little bit more relaxed, something not 
demonic based, mm-hmm. which we will be getting in our next episode. But yeah, I've I've enjoyed the the dipping our our toes into the dark waters of true evil these uh, past handful of episodes. Those were a concise look at our positives inside this episode. What did you think was good inside this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you think. Every episode of Friday the 13th series has its goods and its bads. We've covered the goods. Now let's take a look at some of the not-so-goods. Feckless flashbacks. Mm, Feckless is such a great word here. You and I, both collectively and separately, have watched and reviewed movies and shows that handle flashbacks expertly Mm -hmm. and not so expertly. Correct. And this is definitely in the not so expertly field. Because (laughs) just because you turn something to black and white does not automatically mean, oh, okay, flashback. Well, evidently, in this episode, you're, you're, that's that's what it's supposed to be. And this was not handled well at all. Yeah. I, I really liked that I wanted to know more about what was going on with this. Eventually, we learn what is a family of demon hunters. Mm-hmm. I, I was interested. There's, oh, yeah. there's no question. But even with what was given us as... In regard to flashbacks, it it doesn't instantly make me want to know more. It instantly takes me out of the moment, mm-hmm. and that's when flashbacks go awry. It's 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 a given; they have to be executed expertly, otherwise you lose the audience. Yeah, well, because flashbacks nine times out of ten, flashbacks are used for exposition purposes, right? And for an episode that is filled with a lot of exposition stuff, whether it be revolving around the Enochian dagger or the cultists that are raising the demon or all the contracts and the subterranean sanctum, things like that. There's a lot of exposition going around. Mm -hmm. And these flashbacks should be used to shed more light on this family that were introduced. And it does... But not well. Flippity do storytelling. <laughs> this also could have been labeled when there's no pace in pacing. Yeah. Because yeah. wow. That's probably more accurate. I, the, when I when I was writing the notes here, I, I put flippity do because it's what it felt like. <laughs> it felt like back. Well, because we keep shop, on flipping back and back forth. inside right. of the well lit farm field. Back inside the Curious Kid shop, back inside the the well-lit farmhouse, mm, yeah. back inside the Curious Kid shop. And it, it got to where you can follow it because you're watching it. Right. But in, in if you were not watching and you had to tell the story, it was very difficult and cumbersome. Well, yeah, let's just go back to our retelling <laughs> to retell. of this episode and you can see how, yeah. how difficult and cumbersome it was. Yeah. Therein lies a, a big problem because when you have two two stories that will eventually converge on each other, the pacing is essential. Oh yeah, and I don't feel like they they found now they they definitely didn't find the groove in this episode. The question is, did it have something to do with the writing or the 
Disjointed, a tale of WTF editing. And as I said in our previous point, it could have been the writing. It could have been the way the script was written. Or, and I'm pretty sure this is probably the answer, it was how the episode was edited together. Yeah. Because, wow, this is where the disjointing comes from. Yeah. It, not necessarily the flippity-do storytelling. It's really all of this back-and-forthness. Because you can do back-and-forthness where the story is concerned. You just need to stick with a certain story a little bit longer than what they were doing here. Yeah, something that's introduced inside this episode, unless I'm mistaken, and you can tell me if I'm not right, the, the front end of this episode is the X-File-style storytelling insert that could have completely been all of the elements of the flashback. So before the Friday the 13th stuff, mm -hmm. you take all the flashback stuff that happens, you don't make it flashback, you just make it that it happened previously. Yeah. You run through that, you roll the Friday the 13th opening, and then you start the team's hunt. And now, without having to jump back and forth mm. in time with the flashbacks, you've now created something, a point of interest on top, what's happened previously, and now you can tell all of the story at the same time. Yeah. And I just, I wish somebody would have considered that because it, it doesn't smell like it was even considered. Right, because this is the first time we ever get any kind of story element before the opening. Yeah. I dig it. And I, yeah, I it's, it it's, it's great. But it, like you said. Fr fr frankly, it reminds me a lot of the way that Star Trek The Next Generation is pushed, mm -hmm. which, and I don't have any trouble. Which is also being done by the same studio. Which is also a piece of the contract of getting this show. You buy right. Star Trek, then you also get this. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have any problem with that. And I'm telling you, Star Trek The Next Generation used it as a golden trench in to dig a ditch filled with cash mm -hmm. and, and quality and satisfaction. So I don't have any problem with this show trying to graft over and emulate some of the pieces, parts of that. I don't have any problem with that at all. It, it totally works because mm -hmm. then you get a taste of what you're in for. Mm -hmm. The opening happens and then the rest of your story. Yeah. And I mean, that's what television is nowadays. I mean, the majority of television is that it, it it's not the beginning. Of, it's not your opening music and credits. It's a little bit of story, then your opening yeah. and then the rest of the story. Yeah. yeah. And you are absolutely correct. Had a different version of the, flashback stuff's been put at the beginning maybe it's it's the boys and the dad and they're about to storm the 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 evil sanctum to save bonnie and in dialogue as they're getting ready to bust the door open it's all about yeah we gotta save your sister from these these creeps and then we see the scene of them storming and then oh bonnie they must have brainwashed her oh no you'll pay for what you did to my daughter and then as bullets are flying, people are screaming, and the cultists are dying, then you cut to the opening music, and when we come back, now you're on the road, in the van, with all the beeping and the tracking and stuff. Perfectly works. Yeah, with some extra dialogue inside the truck between the vital players affirming their plan for revenge, and, and we'll make sure that this is done. Mm -hmm. that, that kind of stuff, and then it's all done. Mm -hmm. well, how we got onto this point originally was... For those of you that have not seen the edit of the very first prequel Star Wars film, there is an edit that's been done where they've gone in and they've removed a bunch of stuff that is either considered cutesy or stupid to give you the same movie, but with almost a completely different context and connotation as it's presented inside of filmmaking because they've removed all of the stuff that has been considered over time 
uh, either offensive or didn't deserve a place inside of that film. And I think this episode, you could actually do exactly the same thing by taking all of the flashback stuffs and a semblance of the stuff inside of the storytelling and tucking it up front rather than shoved in between in parts in the middle. Well, those are the things that we thought could have used a little spit and polish, but we want to know what you think. Head on over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com, fill out the contact form, and let us know your thoughts on the bads for this episode. We're flying through this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast, but it's time to take a break. We will be right back. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. In today's world, time is everything. When editing podcasts, <laughs> you know as well as I do, time flies. But it's not the good kind of time flying. It's the kind of time that eats a hole in your pocket. Reclaim the time you lose when you edit your podcast. Connect with The Editor Core. The Editor Core is a group of seasoned, experienced podcast editors that'll get your editing done and out the door. Use your reclaimed time to make more content. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. This is John D. LeMay, and you're listening to the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment real impact thanks to perpetual advertising are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors everyone welcome back to the curious goods podcast a retelling a revisit and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of friday the 13th the series this time season three episode three every time we come back from break it's time for nick and i to share our manifest moments our manifest moments are where Nick and I recognize either an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element inside the story, or something else that tripped our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what do you got? My manifest moment 
hopscotches back and forth between good and bad. So a little mm. red and a little black in the ledger. <laughs> the demon in this episode. All right. Anytime we get a close-up shot of the demon, stellar. I'm, I'm loving it. Because if you got too close, you could tell that when when the monster, when the demon opens its mouth too wide, you can see the black cloth cloth that whatever that covers the actor's face right and i'm like okay not so close not so close close but not close Mm -hmm. anytime you get a wide shot it looks real clunky i will join you on that there there were a couple of times i'll give you the best sample i think that the legs of this thing looked really really cool when they were in the appropriate lighting Mm -hmm. yep and when they were given the opportunity to actually land on the ground, what of course was missing was a thud. And and now after so many years of looking at actual asterisk computerized demonic legs landing, you can now look at it and go, oh, those are fake. But I like them. They, they were they were very very good. They were that precursor to what happened inside of Jurassic Park with the with the raptors. Hmm. Where you can see the feet falling, and in the CGI ones, you can see that there's not only footfall, but there's actually where the toes will land, and then they spread and twist and do cool skin things, because that's, of course, what computers do. Right. In this one, however, there were many places where you go, hey, look, it's a couple of fake legs. And yeah. It, it, it takes you out of the moment, especially there at the end when it's closing in on the Curious Good Shop. I don't know if it was the lighting. Or just like missing that that thudding as it lands, I think also took out a big piece of it. The problem with it is, is that when it when you saw the feet moving, there was no movement to the leg parts of the feet. It was you could tell that it was two sticks, yeah, held out of frame, yeah. and somebody was just out of frame yeah. moving them. It, it, it reminded me of that scene inside of Benny and June where there are forks stuck into I think a potato or potatoes, something. yeah. And they're and they're kicking them left and right, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what it reminded right. me of. Oh yeah, it, it 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 took me out of the moment, unfortunately. And of all the times to take me out of the moment, the demon storming the curious good shop is not when I want something like that to happen. Right, and I, I didn't mean my manifest moment to turn into a, 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 a bonus fest. bad, <laughs> because it's not. It wasn't all bad. There were a lot of really great stuff. Oh yeah, uh, it's it it goes into that frame of storytelling. Less is more. Yeah. The less they yeah. showed of the creature, it was great because in the sh- in shadow, you're just getting glimpses. All that is great, but then when the lighting got a little bit brighter, yeah, you could tell how not so great it was. So I I definitely wanted to make sure that we spent some time during this review giving kudos to what was and what could have been yeah. where this was concerned because very reminiscent of Pumpkinhead. Mm. The that that yeah. great Sam Which Winston. Which is in the same area. Uh it actually was. came out about a year earlier. Yeah. So I mean you'd, you'd yeah. yeah. I mean it was very similar to Pumpkinhead. A lot yeah. more hair. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz Pumpkinhead well, is and, smooth. Uh, that's also where you kind of get away with it cuz you go, "Hey, look, a giant dude with a pumpkin head." Okay, well, it doesn't need to look real at all. Right. I mean it's a right. it's a freaking pumpkin head. <laughs> My manifest moment for this episode, I think, has to be uh, kind of kind of alluding to what yours turned into, which is a wish of what this would have been. Mm. I would have loved to known the tale of the family hunting demons. Yeah, uh, th- that that it sounds like they had been hunting down 
demon worshippers and things like that for a very long time yeah. before yeah. all of this happened. And so I I would like to know some of that. Unfortunately, we're we don't get any of that unless Papa Papa Hunter comes back and tells us in flashback, which I have no interest in. Well, if you'd like to see that story only done in a more modern setting, but shot in Canada as well, mm-hmm. check out the show Supernatural. Mm. Because that's a story about a family of hunters who fight demons and monsters and werewolves and vampires and all kinds of cool shit. And yeah, they're yeah, they're badass. Mm. I've talked about Supernatural a lot on this show and over at Two Guys Talking Horror. So. Th- that kind of context of that show is the first time I've ever known that it was a family-based thing. Ever. Mm. The, they call it the family business. Yeah, I did not know that. And that's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment for this episode, Season 3, Episode 3? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Vocabulary. The words that make Mike and Nick brain go. Inside this episode, we've got two words. The first is... Enochian. E-N-O-C-H-I-A-N. Course meaning... Enochian! And refers to an occult or angelic language recorded in the private journals of John Dee and his colleague Edward Kelly in late 16th century England. Kelly was a spirit medium who worked with Dee in his magical investigations. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. See, to me, that almost sounds like it could be its own series of some kind. The stories of that, all that chestnut. I love that. That's great. I wonder how many things like that exist that could be leached for storytelling purposes. Our second word inside this episode is... Disciple. A disciple is listed as a follower or student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. And of course, inside of this one, we have Bonnie Lass, who chooses to follow and worship the devil. She is a disciple of Satan. (laughs) That's where we ask you guys what vocabulary struck you while you were watching or listening to this episode of our podcast. Let us know what you think by going over. To, and if you say dumbass, then we're not going to listen to your email. Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what vocabulary popped up inside your brain. Episode rating. Time for the rating inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, The Scale Works Thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap, dispatching your fire-branded hellspawn child because she worships the devil. A 1 is on the bottom of the scale. Would you like some toothpicks with your fake demon legs? Everything starts at 7 as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick... There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? This episode had a lot of uh, cool things going for it. It, it, it was almost a uh, a page ripped out of the time period for which it came out. Yeah, I the agree The beginning that. of the episode felt just like Aliens. Yes. You've got the beeping mm-hmm. of the, the proximity scanners and, and things like that. It gives you that feel, something that you hadn't felt before while while watching an episode of Friday the 13th. Correct. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, this is something completely different. Then you get the uniqueness of the subterranean sanctum. Yeah. Daddy-like. And, and that, all the that probably could have been my my yeah my manifest. That's moment. why I didn't really good. I didn't pick that as my manifest moment because I thought you were, but <laughs> that was really oh good. well. Uh, there's uh, and again I, I mentioned it earlier with the demon effects. There were callbacks to Pumpkinhead, which had just come out not that very long before this episode aired. So there were a lot of really cool things in this episode, but as we've said many many times on this show and others. Pacing can either lift you up or drag you down. And unfortunately, the pacing and the choppiness of this episode definitely drug me down to where I would have given it a higher rating, but I can only honestly give it a seven. Yeah, I think I would start with a seven here. And and the, the flippity-doo really killed me here. Like takes you instantly out of the moment and drags you down is good, but knocks the legs out from underneath you. I think is probably a more apt colloquialism. I like a lot about what I see this episode. I also like that we're able to graft onto this new team so well Hmm. from the expectation of boy, we're going to hate what comes next. And we never had that. And we weren't, we weren't given anything that, gives us that so that's good yeah i didn't i wasn't sitting through this episode and go like oh but you know, i wish ryan were here <laughs> yeah. right i mean i do wish ryan were here but right i wasn't obsessed with it yeah a lot of great elements here just the compiling of it needed a whole lot of work i gotta give this episode a six that's where we ask you guys what did you rate this episode season three episode three demon hunter let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of the... You got about... Nick, do you hear something funny going on with the mics? What is that? Why are the, why are the, the, the lights are flickering? Man, that's weird. Ooh, flashing lights. Winking out mics. I think it's demons. Demons? Oh, and they've cut the power, except to the microphones. Wait a minute. How'd they cut the power, man? They're animals. What? No, Mike, they're, they're demons. What? Demons? Oh, my God! They've broken into the studio, Mike. Good thing you have a personal arsenal here underneath the stacks. Let's rock! Oh, yeah! You want some too? Oh, here's some for you! Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed.
All right, this is the Curious Goods Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3. Are you going to send the show notes? No. You're not? You're not going to send the show notes? I am going to send the show notes. That'd be great. <clears throat> a good reminder is nice. A pointed reminder, not so much. Pointed like a stabby <laughs> steak that you get impaled upon? Pointed? Totally forgot the intro. How Can't really do... <clears throat> an episode of the Curious Goods podcast without an intro mic. Right.